live in the moment. Just stop worrying about the future. Enjoy what you're in right now. Like you're never going to get a moment that's the same and you don't want to spend your life looking back. It sounds so cliche, like live in the moment. Yeah, no, really. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast where you can find the tools and inspiration necessary to thrive on life. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Thursday to hear the candid conversations I have with guests who are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, it's time to thrive. Hello, and welcome back to episode four of the new podcast, Let's Thrive. I'm joking, guys. It's not new, as you know, if you've been following along, just a little name change. I'm your host, Emily and I'm so happy to have you tuning in for today's episode. Just last week, I officially launched this podcast, and since then, I've received such wonderful feedback from you guys about it, and then just last night, I decided to change the name. So things are just kind of kind of crazy, but I'm loving it, and it's so inspiring to talk to these wonderful guests whom have such wise words to share with you all and with me. As for a little life update, by the time this gets out, I'll be back from a rather spontaneous trip to New York City. I decided one night to bus into New York City and attend an event through Say Hello Wellness to hear my friend Britt from the Banana Diaries, whom will be on the podcast next week, at her event that she has in New York City. And I'm not sure how the trip will go as I'm recording this in advance, but I'm sure it will be amazing and I'll tune you guys in on it. Besides that, I'm also reading about five books currently because my tendency to multitask even goes towards reading. I'm really loving the book Lunar Abundance, however. It's all about the moon and its cycles by an author, I believe, Ezzy Spencer. I got it from Camp Wellness that I went to this past fall, and it's not a book I would have bought for myself, but I now 10 out of 10 recommend it to anyone and everyone. It's so interesting to learn about the moon and its phases and how they honestly affect us. I mean, there is scientific evidence to back this up, and I, I love it. Which brings me to the topic of camp wellness. You guys know, if you follow me on Instagram, that this past November, I flew across the country to attend a three-day retreat with complete strangers in the middle of nowhere, and let me tell you, best decision I've ever made. I learned so much about myself, where my passions and strength lie, and just how to present myself and message my passions better to the world. It has helped me so much, and that is why I am so excited to announce that Davida and her lovely team have now created Camp Wellness Bootcamp. It's a six-week course that teaches you everything you need to create and build the business or brand of your dreams. In the courses, you will address any limiting beliefs you have that may be holding you back. And trust me when I say this is so important. I was one of those people that scoffed at this. Limiting beliefs? I don't have any. Oh, yes, I did. And I'm still working on that, guys. So trust me when I say that part, the first part is so needed. After that, you get clear on your passions. And if you don't take time to do this, you oftentimes end up going in a circle, not really sure where to affirm yourself, and that is so important when you're trying to start your own business. After that, you'll learn to brand yourself, build a website, market yourself, make money, and just see your business thrive. You guys know we are all about thriving on this podcast, so when Davida had that as the ending word in her boot camp, THRIVE, all capitals, you know it's going to be good. They are beyond amazing, the women who created this, and trust me when I say this boot camp will change your life and your business. Plus, I'll be doing it alongside all of you, so if you have any questions or want to connect, we definitely can. If you're interested in this at all, check the show notes for a link or DM me on Instagram as I have an affiliate link you can go through. And I'll wrap it up there because I'm excited for you guys to get to today's episode. Now, it's not your typical one and that's what I love about it. I talked with the spectacular Courtney Page of A Page of Positivity on all things creative, finding your passion, and therapy. And I know the therapy part may seem kind of random per se, but after listening for a bit, I promise you'll see how this all ties together. Furthermore, if you're not creative, that is 100% okay because I'm not either. Honestly, I once spent three months drawing the same rows over and over again until my art teacher told me it was okay. So fear not, 
This is not an artsy episode. Instead, we discuss what creativity means and how it can improve your life in ways you might not be expecting. I truly loved recording this because Courtney is just amazing. She is so cool with her amazing art, her creativity is through the roof inspiring, and she speaks so eloquently. Check out her amazing recipes and art on her page at a page of positivity. Link is in the show notes. Without further ado, here is the amazing Courtney Page. Hello, Courtney, and welcome to Learning to Thrive. I'm so excited to be talking with you today. Before we get started, would you mind sharing with us what the best part of your day has been so far? Well, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Ironically, today is my one year of launching my page of positivity. Um, so the fact that we kind of made this date is just, it was kind of a full circle because I never thought I would ever have the opportunity. So I wanted to say thank you, first of all, but it definitely would have to be, I came home this weekend from school. We had a few snow days and I was missing my family a little bit. So I came home and then my little sister this morning covered my bathroom mirror in little sticky notes of positive affirmations. And I totally woke up to a surprise of that. And I just like the whole day was set in a good good tone from there. So that, I, it, I definitely don't wake up every day like that. Um, but it was certainly nice to be welcomed home like that. That makes my heart so happy. That is the sweetest thing ever. And congratulations on the one year anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's, been a, it's been a road. Well, you're definitely taking that road the right way because you're doing amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Em. So can you take us back a bit and talk about when your creative side started to really make an appearance in your life, whether that was early childhood, midlife, and possibly what way it manifested? Yes. So I would say that art has always been one of my favorite subjects, even growing up as a kid. Um, I probably in middle school, it started to manifest a little bit more when we had to start selecting electives. And instead of um, the computer programming classes I was taking, the arts and cooking and um, really kind of finding my niche for things that I wanted to do. And I think it manifested when I had to go to college and figure out what I wanted to do. I loved math. I love kind of solutions and problem solving, but I knew I didn't like science and those routes I just wasn't as sure on. But my other options were um, creative advertising or education. And I felt interior design and architecture, the one that I went with was a little bit of all three of those things. Like I, I, I still have the ability to learn as well as explore my creative side. And within that major or so, it's really let me expand on what I think creativity is and how I really use that in my daily life. But what would you say, if you had to bubble it down, is your like favorite way to express your creativity? Um, that's a really hard question. <laughs> I think my favorite things is being able to express it in so many different ways. So whether that's a piece of pen or a piece of paper and a pen, just hand sketching, which I've been doing a lot, that helps me a lot with um, interior design. As for learning and um, kind of exploring other things that are more hobbies, like graphic design and lettering is something I just picked up on. I usually go to YouTube and I watch tutorials on like how to or if I'm doing graphic design and I don't know how to use a program, YouTube and Google are usually my first two. Like, okay, if I don't know how to, how can I teach myself? And that's usually two things that boil down to it. And like, how can I use this? If I don't know how to do it, how can I teach myself to do it? And I think the whole learning process coming back to that is just phenomenal in the way that I can use different creative outlets. So graphics, lettering. I love to paint too, which it's something I've, that's gotten away from me recently, mostly because when I went to school, I didn't have a <laughs> plethora of supplies to just keep in my dorm room. Actually, my room, freshman year roommate had a sewing machine. So I was like, well, if, if she has this, then maybe I can make room for some paintbrushes. But um, those didn't come with me. And um, I started finding more like digital ways to still create art. But I think my, my, solid answer would have to be just a piece of pen and a paper because I love to sketch and doodle. And that's kind of always been my, usually there's always a pen and a piece of paper laying around. That's such a simple way that people can bring creativity into the day-to-day -day life. And I know for me personally, 
my creative outlet is actually with writing and words. That's where I've always connected. And I find my creativity by walking. So I just gear up no matter the weather and walk around my neighborhood to get my creative juices rolling. And I'm curious, what is your creative process like when it comes to your different forms of art? So I know you have multiple ways, but maybe if you just picked like a couple of them and broke it down, what do you do to get in the creative mindset when you want to create something or when you feel the desire to create something? Um, I would say regardless of what I'm creating, it almost always starts with me throwing my hair back into a ponytail, like (laughs) out of my way. I don't want to have to worry about it. And usually once I get the ponytail rocket, I'm like, okay, it's time to go. Like, let's do this. And I would say that's definitely the first step in being comfortable in my environment. Like if I, I really like to spread out and kind of, I'm actually a, a huge mess when I'm trying to create. It's more fun like that, but believe it or not, I actually can understand where everything is going. Um, so I just think a comfortable environment, which I think we're going to touch on later. However, in the space that I feel most comfortable creating is my room at college. And I, it, when I walk into it, I feel very refreshed. That's kind of the verb that I like to relax, refresh, and just be able to really take a deep breath and make whatever I want. So hair up and a good environment. Those are my two probably key, key things. Definitely agree with the hair up. I I feel so out of place if my hair's down and getting in my I'm face. Like, I kind of feel too put together. I'm like, okay, something's not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you said your college room is where you feel creative and refreshed. Do you have advice for anyone looking to maybe create like a little special place? And this goes for more than just creativity. I think we all need a little nook in the world where we can feel refreshed, relaxed, creative. Since you're also in interior design, I'm sure you probably have a little bit more insight into this, but how would you say to create that little place for us? What would be some tips you have? Right, definitely. Um, So obviously there's public and private spaces, and then there's these third spaces that are kind of in between, like libraries, coffee shops, that they're available to everyone, but some people within them can really make their space their own and others feel out of place in that. And I think personally for me, when I do go to these third places or a public space, it's important for me to have something that no matter where I am, I can really focus in. And for me, that is usually putting in headphones or it's having, I also, I (laughs) guilty pleasure. I love to wear my robe and it has a hood. And so when I put my robe up with my hood on that, that's usually like heads down here, here I am to focus. Um, But I think for advice for being out this place is you really have to try different places. I sometimes challenge myself within the different areas that I either between school or at home, if there's a new coffee shop, if there's a different addition to the library. Um, I mean, even different fitness places have little juice cafes. If there's one place that has a really comfortable chair or it has a really great view of natural light, like that's where you're going to want to go. And once you find those places, it's easier to feel more comfortable in it. But that being said, for me, I'm a very a creature of habit. So if I find something and I know that I like it and then I go back the next day and someone's sitting there, I'm not going to adjust well. I'm going to be like, okay, well, I know I work well there, but what about here? And so I think you have to be uncomfortable before you can be comfortable in just life in general, but specifically in places that you are going to make your own. And that goes for any kind of design and any kind of creative process have you so. Definitely agree. We don't always like to feel that uncomfortable feeling, but it is so important. So important, definitely. When you do start working on a project or idea, is it something you do in one sitting or do you stretch it out? I know for my writings, I have to sit down and do like an initial, throw everything into it. It's just a random compilation of my thoughts. And then I return to it and return to it again. And I can kind of like work out the pieces and add more or take out. And I'm just curious what that process for you looks like. I would think it's a little bit of both. For interior design in particular, it is absolutely 
stretch it out. Like the, the whole schematic design process is just continuing to redo and redo and redo and build on of what you've already have and kind of questioning why you did this and then leading to a different answer. As for graphics and lettering, that's something I like to do with sit down and I know I'll usually when I start that I don't have anything else going on for the rest of the evening or I, I've, tr- I've blocked out that a lot of time slot for that. Um, and that's something I like to finish and complete because then it's a significant, like I can hang it up and be like, okay, this is done. And that it's just a, I guess, particular feeling when photography, I think is the same when, if I'm doing a shoot or shooting food, it's all in, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to clean up everything after. And only when I go back and edit is when I'm kind of reopening what I did earlier, but it's because the creative process, there's, there's no linear line like it is all over the place and I try to make it in different kind of give the allotted um time slots or I guess maps what what have you um to figure out what works best for me and that's just something that I've found particular types of art are better when they are done a certain way for me and then opposed to others so true. It's definitely not linear. And, <laughs> and I don't think writing is either like writing, you can have really great words or some that can come together. And then the next day you're like, okay, well, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll come back to a piece. And I'm like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? Before I forget, I just wanted to kind of as a side note on your Instagram feed with your lettering, you've been doing I think you call them like homework assignments. Could you delve into that? Because I love when those pop up on my feed. So I'd love if you could share about those. So I actually took a a history of graphic design in the fall semester. And I'm kind of wrapping up with my design and architecture classes right now. And so I was inspired by graphics, but I didn't know a lot about them. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to roll into graphic design classes. One was history. One was more of like the fundamentals of type. And we had to do this huge research project and it was analyzing a 21st century designer has really inspired graphics. And so I was looking on Instagram and Pinterest and I wasn't finding anything that like, usually when you type in graphic design to Google, you get very, I mean, graphic design is words. So you get whatever the most recent thing is. I was really trying to find something. Anyway, I stumbled upon um, Lauren Hom, who is actually from Detroit, so local area to me. And she creates like homework, but weekly homework in honor of her name. And so she gives aspiring entrepreneurs and artists weekly prompts that they can um, design their own lettering to, and then she'll share some of them. And so when I stumbled upon her and I found out that she did that, I was inspired. I was like, these are challenges that come every week. They are fun for me that it's more of like a challenge but more of just a different way to express myself and when I started growing my page I did a few um like you know how to grow your Instagram page organically just insights and a background of it and I found what works for me and when I wanted to introduce this I'm like I wonder if this is something I can introduce to my page and when I kind of bring that back I'm like well this is something that makes me happy and I want to share it regardless of like if it works with the flow or not and so um it happens every Friday but they do take a while to do. So sometimes it takes anywhere between three and five hours and I'm trying to set aside the time for it every week, but um, sometimes it doesn't happen. So the most recent one was her recipe for success. And it was based on like what you need to, in order to succeed, which is kind of like what we're talking about right now. And because it's about creativity and just kind of the founding factors of what I like to base my things on. And so that was a really neat assignment. Like, I I think it's just a good way for artists to not have to think of their own prompts, but to be inspired by other people who are going through the same thing. So that's something that I've found through Lauren Hom. She's the owner of Hom Sweet Hom, and she does a ton of wall murals all around the world, advertisements for Google, Target, you name it. Her, her, Her work is all over. Who else has influenced you, inspired you, or just has a style that you greatly admire? Um, I really like Brie Emery from Design Love Fest. She is a creative director, so she dabbles a little bit in interior design, event planning, graphic design, kind of like a all catch-all for design. Um, her feed is really um, aesthetically pleasing as well as different and unique. Like she has a lot of she travels a lot and she says that's how she finds her best inspiration. 
So she definitely inspires me in the more of photography and lifestyle. Another person I really feel inspired by, I guess they're not, I mean, they're not, they are on Instagram, but a lot of my um, design friends, I have one in particular, she studied all over the world and she challenges me in the best way possible, but also is one of my great friends and can give me helpful critiques as well as support me in the most fundamental ways, which I think is really important to have, especially when you're trying to do things that are outside the lines or when you think that nothing's ever been done before. Like usually artists look for inspiration by other artists and it's hard to do something that you want to put your own spin on but also if you're trying to use it as inspiration it's like where where where's that line drawn between the copyright and your own where you seek inspiration you need to make sure that it's also your own after you're done with it exactly Mm -hmm. and have you ever been afraid to display your art I don't know if you've ever had it in you know like a little showcase or at your school but even on Instagram have you been afraid of, you know, judgment from others or even what they may take away from a particular piece that meant something significant to you, but may convey something else to them? That's a really good question. Um, so when you first asked if I've ever been embarrassed of a piece, I once made a clay sculpture of a lighthouse in eighth grade, and I tried to do actually lettering out of ceramic and write like, beach or something very seventh grade. (laughs) I remember it being displayed in the case and I just had a much better vision for what it would turn out in my head than what it actually did. As for the like things that I display now, I think I really haven't been nervous about it. And, but I've also had really good feedback and not that I feel like it needs to be my feet, like my art needs to be justified or um, given praise for, but I haven't had any thank goodness, like rude or unfortunate comments that have led me to think otherwise. So I guess I'd probably, I'm probably pretty kind of blindsided about it right now, I would say, just because, I mean, I would like to believe that the world's a great place, but we all know it doesn't always happen like that. So for right now, I'm still uh, riding that honeymoon art phase, if that's a thing. Um, But I'm sure something will come up as I start to either express more or, um, kind of gray line. I don't know. We'll see. As for right now, I'm just soaking it in. (laughs) What did art mean to you at the beginning? And I guess I shouldn't even say art, but when you first discovered this wonderful world of creativity and expressing yourself through these different formats, what did it mean to you? And or what does it mean to you now? I'm just curious if your perspective on it has changed from high school Courtney in art classes to how you view it now? Uh, Most definitely. High school, I was very, I did the assignments and there wasn't really much thought and provoking thought. Now, everything that I see or am inspired by, it's like, okay, what is the purpose? And like, how do I feel about this? It has a much more, it evokes much more of an emotional response. And I think that's true just because I've used art to like heal some emotional wounds that have been opened in other areas of my life. And I think it was, it's a great coping mechanism for anyone going through things. And it's also something that you, you can't really fail at. And I, there's, there's comfort in knowing that because I've been a perfectionist for much of my life, but you can't be good at everything. And this is one thing that I have found that I enjoy and it does help that I have some eye for design but it's not all like not everything comes easy there's sometimes I do something like wow this is really bad we're gonna try again tomorrow it's just a great passion of mine now instead of more of just it, it has much more meaning in my life now to put it simply now you mentioned how the creativity can help especially with different emotional challenges we may go to mm-hmm. and I know that you had your fair share of you know, issues with health and body image as I have had and so, so, so many people have had nowadays. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on how having this creativity to express yourself has helped you deal with those emotions. Yes, definitely. So for so long, my health and fitness were part of my identity. And that was a really kind of crippling thought when I was trying to pull away from health and fitness is because I latched onto it so strongly. And I wanted to be more than just 
the girl who knew how to do a lot of burpees in the gym or who never ate a cookie because she's the healthy one, just never did that. Um, and so I first used it as an outlet, mostly this year and last year it was, that was kind of the heart of my, um, eating disorder, but I used collaging because there, there were, it was just like, I could spread everything out, which kind of felt like I was spreading out all my emotions and then I could put them together how I wanted to. And more of just like the pictures and I could make them darker or I could incorporate different materials in the kind of having a hands-on activity was very distracting mentally instead of having everything wrapped up in my head. And so I would definitely say that it is just personally like getting in touch with my creative side has let loose some of those feelings and I had to feel more at ease when I feel tension of internal thought. For me personally, it was getting in touch with my writing that helped me through those tough times because I think with any creative outlet, it allows us to, like you said, get out of those thoughts that just control us and into the present and grounds us. And you can quit agonizing over all the little details and worries that can cause frustration and sadness and it helps you focus on such a specific task. Definitely. And it's it's something that's right in front of you. And you can just, like, that's the only thing. You don't need any, nothing else around or behind. Like, it's just right there. So for anyone looking to tap into this creative side, what tips do you have? Any practices that they can partake in to boost their inner creativity and find a way to express themselves? Absolutely. I think there's ways to learn for just about anything. And it's not even that you need to learn how to do it. It's just, you can do, I mean, I have color, the coloring notebooks that you just like the very intricate color in the pencil, and then also prompted journals and plain sketchbooks, grid sketchbooks. I, if I'm feeling like I want to do something on the computer, I'll YouTube something and say like, how to make a poster on Adobe Photoshop. And then you have 5,000 videos that come up, pick one and they might have something that downloads and you download it. And then you're like, this is so cool. I can transform this to this. And so just kind of picking back the pieces. Like if I wanted to color in by lines, how could I color them different than the time I did before? Like always challenging yourself to do something new. And it's nothing bad when you get into something that if you just continue writing but at one point you want to write you want to write for something more like what is that more and between between every task or different kind of creative thing you're trying to tap into there's always going to be more and that's the best part because as humans we want more we always want more and so as a mind stimulant of that it's something that you can always go to and i think that's one of my favorite parts that's beautiful in what other ways has your creative mindset benefited you? Does it influence your sense of style, your kitchen creations, or even how you give gifts to others? I'm just curious how it influences other aspects of your life. If I could check off three of those boxes, I would. <laughs> like, oh, yes, 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 yes. But I love to give gifts, usually actually for um, I have three younger sisters, and so every year for our birthdays, we all put out the night before. When the person wakes up in the morning, you come downstairs, and there's the, the kitchen island has a color coordinated scheme of like their birthday gifts. The uh, muffins are made for my mom, balloons. It's all kind of in the realm of something. It's something that I started actually with my, I think my sister turned 17 a couple of years ago, and that's when we started it. But when we give gifts, I am usually the one who always does a big gift basket. And it's like turning 21, 21 other favorite things or 16, 16 tips that you need to know for how to drive. Just random things that I, I think Pinterest definitely helps. Like I love to look on Pinterest and get inspiration. But from there, you could say it's a little extravagant. I mean, like it definitely is, but that's the way that the creative side takes you. Sometimes like once you start, you just can't stop. As for food styling, I, I go in between because I used to see like rose petals and so many other like influencers using these random things. And then I went to Whole Foods and they're $8 a pound for rose petals. I'm like, well, Courtney, you can't justify spending that much money. So how do I make some, like, how do I make art with what I have? And I think that's important because it shouldn't, it doesn't have to be expensive. And I don't think it's a 
kind of a sense of like, well, I can't do that because I don't have that. It's like, well, what do you have and how can you work with what you have? And it's all being strategic about that kind of planning. That's wonderful. I, when I first started on Instagram, I too like saw the rose petals and the flowers and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to throw some frozen cranberries on top of my smoothie bowl and call it good. Well, I would see like cacao nibs. I'm like, well, I was pronouncing it cocoa for the <laughs> That tells you anything about the kind of food blogger, quote unquote, I am. Like, <laughs> I think I fail there. Another topic I'd like to discuss is your experience with therapy and accepting help from others in your journey with health. As you've mentioned on Instagram, you always you haven't always had the best relationship with, you know, body and how you treat it as we talked about before. And I just love this path that you've set out on and you talked about it in the one post about how you started seeing like I believe your school therapist. When did you decide enough was enough and set out to get the help you needed to improve upon your health? Yeah, uh it, well it's been a journey for sure. Um, um, so I started, I ran a half marathon with one of my best friends and dad two years ago now, and it was in the October. Yeah. October last year. So not 2018, but 2017. And I, um, had had this goal over the summer to, I was living in the sorority house. I came home from college and I just wasn't feeling great. So I wanted to, um, kind of get back to where I used to be and, that resulted in dieting and counting calories, something I'm very familiar with. However, my friend brought it up to run a marathon and I was like, you know what, maybe if I do this, then I'll finally be considered healthy. Well, that was kind of, I started training. And so I was running 40 plus miles a week and every single day. And then I wanted to do more and basically overcommitted myself for that semester. And when I came up to 2018, I was very kind of deterred from my progress. I'm like, I'm doing so much, but I haven't had any results. And that was very mentally tough for me. And I had also, it was one of the most challenging semesters of school, committed to too much. I mean, X, Y, and Z. Uh, we all have those points in our life where it's just enough is enough. And so it, I started January of 2018. I was going to shred it all before spring break. And I got to about mid-February where I was really obsessed with my Fitbit and I was working out about three times a day, eating very minimal nutrients and my body was shutting down. And I was going to, I have a hereditary skin disease. And so I was seeing a lot of different like um, rheumatoid specialists, specialists and just different doctors. And every single time they're like, you know, your heart rate's really low. Um, do you work out a lot? And they're like, oh, you have low blood pressure. And I was, I was tracking my Fitbit was my life. Like I watched from January to February where I was going down to like 38 beats per or 38 feet per minute when I was sleeping and it was getting dangerously low until finally one day I went to one of these appointments and I'm like, have you ever considered seeing a nutritionist? And I was like, no, and I didn't want to admit that I had a problem or an eating disorder. I, I actually, I, that was the furthest thing from it. And well, the first, furthest thing that I wanted to say, not the furthest thing from it, because I think just just explaining that you can probably pick up on the signs. You're like, huh, okay. Um, so I started seeing my school nutritionist last February, so almost a year ago today. And then a couple weeks in, she was like, you know, there's a huge emotional side to this. How about we see the school's therapist as well? So then I started seeing my nutritionist and my therapist. Um, and I, st I, at that point I hadn't had my, um, period for about two and a half years. And I kind of thought that was normal. And I was also not normal, but I, I knew that healthy people, healthier people who work out and have a certain kind of regimen don't always get it. And so I didn't really think much of it. Um, and then that's when we pulled in the, um, schools, woman's nurse to all three of them were working together. I basically feel like I have a massive force working behind me to support my recovery process. However, last year, last semester, I didn't really have a strategic, like set in stone plan of every day when I was going with them. So it'd be like, okay, I'm going to meet with them Tuesday. And then in two weeks, I'll meet the other one Thursday, but the other one can't do it. So how about Friday? Um, and it was just, I kind of felt like I just jumped off and I just was like, okay, I need help. And this is how I'm going to do it. And over the summer when I was home, I stopped going to my 
therapist and nutritionist, um, mostly because I, I didn't want to, like, I didn't like, I, I obviously needed the help still because I didn't like going. And then when I got back up to school this year, um, senior year, I was at a better place mentally. And I decided that I was going to, I didn't want to live in ed world anymore. And so I started therapy with the same three women, but this time it was every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, and it worked perfect with my schedule. So every Tuesday I was a nutritionist, every Wednesday I was with the therapist and every other Thursday I saw my woman's nurse. And I just think the kind of the planning and the structure of those appointments have helped me significantly. And the th- I live with five girls from my sorority and three out of five of us, or I think actually four out of five of us have seen a therapist before, but three out of five of us go normally. And so when people are um, asking me and they're like, well, what do I do? I'm like, well, do you have a therapist? And they're like, no, I don't need to go to a therapist. I'm like, really? Cause I love my therapist. I'm a huge advocate. I think it's great. I'm like, there is some days you really don't want to go, but after you go there, you feel so much better. And it's a person who you can confide in. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I did not like either of mine going into it. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to go into it and be like, yeah, this person I can trust. I don't know them. Like, I, it's not like I'm just going to let down this wall that I've built up for so long. Like that doesn't happen, right? <laughs> We're humans. We can't just break it down when we want to. Um, I think for any people struggling, obviously there are hotlines to call the online for eating disorder, suicide, mental health, anything that you name it, they, there is so much awareness, but also not enough, like no matter how much we keep pushing for it. Um, and also a lot of colleges, most, actually all colleges have free, um, counseling and psychiatric services. So I'm not sure if you've ever had experience with them before, like know of the, um, benefits like around them, but I just know from a Michigan state university aspect, they are, they've expanded it dramatically in the past two years, almost doubling in size. And just think it's an incredible resource for anyone to use. And even that goes for kids who aren't, or people who are outside of college, they have like your work employees. There's always someone out there and someone knows someone who can connect you to the right people. It's truly wonderful. Your progression through therapy, because it, that's, that's how most of us start is we, you know, we don't want to go. Um, few years ago, what got me into my bad relationship with food and my body was my mother's passing. And everyone said, go to therapy. And I, of course, said, no way am I going. I didn't go for years until I was forced to. They said, you're going. And I went. And I'm telling you, I didn't shut up. I talked that woman's ear off because- The first time, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to go, but I- when you get me, when you get me talking, I just won't shut up. And I had so much to say. And if you don't have a therapist, they have online talk forums. Like you said, the numbers, there's actually an app, I believe called Talkspace where you can get efficient, low cost therapy. I think that is amazing. Our sorority recently. And I, I like looked into it. I'm like, this is just the amount of resources we have. It's like right at your fingertips. You just have to hold on, you know? Exactly. Just take that jump, you know, sign up for one little thing. Even if you can just find a good friend. I have one friend that I go to for everything and she comes to me for everything. And sometimes all you need is to speak those thoughts and feelings out loud. And then either your friend or coworker or family can talk you through it. Or I find that I'll say something out loud and instantly my brain makes a connection and I know what I need to do. Yes, definitely. I also think after having the experience of talking to a therapist or just feeling more comfortable around people, when you feel uncomfortable in a setting that makes you anxious or it spikes the reason why you're going to therapy, you're much more likely to confide in the people around you and just be like, listen, this is making, this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I just want to let you know because I'm not hundred percent comfortable. And it's amazing how people open up and just open that arm for you and are like, you know, I'm, I got you. Like I, I'm here for you. But when you don't, when, when you're all good, let me know. And you can keep on doing you, but it's not like I need to explain the past five years to you really quickly. And then be like, okay, so now this is my problem. It can just be those people that know, and it's wonderful in life to have them. Exactly. Would you say that therapy has then helped you clear your thoughts and kind of clean the clutter from your mind and in turn 
allowed you to be more creative? Um, I think definitely. I think for so long I was scared to not know what it would be like to not have those thoughts in my mind. So I didn't want to let go. But once I did, I realized how much more, it was cloudy and now it's sunny. Like there, obviously there's still some overcast days. Everyone has them. Uh, wow, that's a really cheesy analogy. <laughs> I love it. No, that is perfect. Um, honestly, <laughs> I just I think it's great that being able to do it. And also, to be fully transparent, I for so I've been going for about a year and a half now to all of these women. And there was one point where they kind of were like, you know, you've been trying so hard, and maybe there's something that you can't fix on your own. And so I started going on some anxiety medication to lower kind of settled on my mind. And I noticed that once I started that, in addition to therapy, that's when I really saw results. And I'm not like, I really tried for a year and a half and I really never even considered medication until they were like, you know, I just wonder what it would do. And and I'm like, you know, I kind of wonder too, because there, this shouldn't be so much effort after so while. I'm like, I'm all about trying, but at one point I'm like, okay, tap out. It's wonderful if we can you know, approach these issues like the holistic route or by ourselves, but there does come a point where you may need to turn to Western medicine or, you know, outside sources. And as long as you stay in tune with your body and you're aware of any changes that occur, and if they're all positive, then you do what you've got to do. I mean, you know, you only live once and your health is so important. So if there's some little thing you can do to fix it, I think that's the most important thing you can do. I would agree with you on that, um, for sure. What would be some tips that you have for anyone looking to find a therapist of their own? Definitely. Well, being on a college budget, I look for, you can search by your medical insurance and, or your health insurance and basically like what are, type in your zip code. Everyone has it and you can find your local ones that are covered under your plan. And I, I always resort to that's the first one because there will be um, like you can do them at the school or a school and you usually have the first couple are complimentary, but then after that, obviously they need some kind of way to compensate. And so my, I always recommend checking your health insurance and seeing where those go, or if you don't have any luck with that, having either reaching out to them directly and be like, okay, this is what I'm looking for and this is what I need. How can you help me? Or the online free ones that I've, I've had a few friends actually use Talkspace that you mentioned earlier um, and um, the national hotlines that those are always good platforms to start with because they know what they're doing and they see these hourly, daily. Like there's really nothing that makes them blink an eye until they are dealing like have something absolutely new and usually it's not the case so you can find comfort in using your sources and even for a while I felt so hopeless and I was like well there's no one that can help me like no one knows my story and now that people know my story there I I, there's a massive force that's supporting me and I just hope that anyone that has similar reflections and past experiences can have that ability to feel that same way that is truly beautiful and I'm not great at wording but sometimes I'm speaking I'm like okay that sounded pretty good Corey good job you you sound so professional honestly I'm loving this I forget what I was even going to say oh okay so (laughs) so would you say then that having others know what you're going through what you're striving to achieve to have them hold you accountable has that helped you I know with this podcast I told a handful of people so that every now and then when they messaged me asking when it was coming out, I got on my hot horse and started working on it again. So do you, do you think that having that system of support and accountability really helped you stay in check with yourself and with the new practices you've implemented? Definitely. Um, when I, I was embarrassed for so long to say that I was going to therapy, especially even around my roommates and or to admit that I had a problem. Once I did, it's so, it's such a normal thing. Be like, well, no, I have therapy at four on Thursday. Sorry, I can't go. And it's not even like you blink an eye. And so it, it, I work, you work it up in your mind and you think it's this huge huddle, but they, they care. And then on Friday, when you get the text, they're like, oh, how did your appointment go yesterday? Like, I want to hear about it. And I have one friend who is 
I mean, all, all of my friends that support me are incredible, but one in particular, she is out of state and she texts me almost every single time after I have a therapy appointment and just really genuinely cares. And it, it's so refreshing to have that be the person who she is. So important too. Mm-hmm. And I think even for people who don't necessarily think that they have that yet is you, there's a lot of group therapy works and within those that's a community that's established for something that people are dealing with like yourself so you were already one of them and you don't even have you haven't even showed up yet and you're like hey I already belong here you might not feel like that right away but I guarantee that there is someone in the crowd that wants to be your friend and is going to hold you accountable for that I never thought of uh, group therapy like that I that's just something that you know we don't typically think about but that would be a wonderful route for someone to take That was such an amazing conversation. And if you don't mind, I'd love to just do some fun closing questions to wrap up a wonderful interview with you. Well, thanks, Em. I really, I love all your questions. And I think just it's, it says so much about your character, how much you, we've never even met before. And now here we are talking about just things that I've posted and you've posted. And I really admire how much you value this podcast already and so I'm excited to see where it it takes you that makes my heart so happy you're honestly the sweetest I wish we were meeting in real life okay so if you could meet anyone in the world who would it be oh gosh well right now I'm watching oh gosh okay so maybe Carrie Underwood but also Blake Lively and I have I would love to meet um shut the cow up Jeanette Ajahn there's just a lot of people, like if you could put all Instagram influencers in one room and then like all major design giants in another room and then people who like you need life advice from in another, I think I would do that. For right now, I'm watching This Is Us, the TV show, and I would really like to meet Rebecca. And I don't know her. I think her name's Mandy Moore. I'm not sure. But that's just the first per- person who popped into my head. And I get this and be like, okay, why did you say her? Obviously, nothing to, nothing against it. It's just there's probably something out there that I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a good spur of the moment answer. And with that whole three room scenario you drew up, I would be there in a heartbeat. I don't think anyone would turn it down, really. No, it'd be, I mean, if they did that, they'd make, they'd make some money there. Definitely. Okay. What's one piece of advice that if you could just scream it from the rooftops for everyone to hear, what would it be? Live in the moment. Just stop worrying about the future. Enjoy what you're in right now. Like you're never going to get a moment that's the same and you don't want to spend your life looking back. It sounds so cliche, like live in the moment. Yeah, no, really. But stop making plans for yourself that you don't want to do in two weeks. Like just, I used to be the biggest planner. I had my entire agenda color coordinated four months in, in before and it dry, it used to drive my boyfriend crazy. He was like, let's just do nothing not every weekend, but we would challenge each other to not, to not do anything. And it's harder than it sounds for someone who's so like either type A or very organized, but enjoying the moment has been something that has made me the most content out of my senior year of college and something that I am just going to, I really want to carry for whatever I'm in. You are such an inspiration. Oh my. (laughs) What's one intention or bucket list item or you know, I use this word loosely, but a goal you have for 2019, just something that you really want to do or have happen. I want to explore. And I, that's such a a loose term and that I'm kind of, I'm okay with it because I want to explore different aspects of the world, of my major, of design, of my friendships, of my relationships. And it, it doesn't tie me to anything. So if I like, I'm exploring myself every day. You get to, you, I get to learn new things about what I can do, what I can't do, how I'm going to teach myself something, but also of relationships and family and you name it. And it's such a, it has so much meaning to this year. And I, I have some travels booked for kind of post-graduation experiences. So I think it was, it was a fitting word as well as my ex- exploration to, I guess, my creative process as well as my recovery process. And whether we don't think it's the same or it is the same, I'll leave that up to the person. But pretty, it's over here. It's doing pretty good. I like that. You're leaving, you're leaving lots of opportunities open to yourself. Yeah, the type A planner is now just like pencil scratching things in. 
honestly, the sporadic lifestyle can sometimes <laughs> lead you. Sporadic just yet? I would say more like modified planning. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that kind of play. So we'll, we'll just wrap it up with this fun last question. But what is the one meal that I guess just your favorite meal? Like I was going to say the last meal you'd ever have, but that's kind of depressing and we'll keep it upbeat. So say it's your birthday meal. What would be your go-to all-out meal? When you're going to call me crazy, I love sweet potatoes. And I, I also, I, I really, I love, I like a lot of foods. It's not nothing that I would just absolutely go all out on, but I would, I love like a good fish and sweet potato, but I guess if we're trying to go like really crazy here, Courtney, Maybe, oh, my mom makes a really good carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. I think that's probably icing on the cake right there. A little <laughs> unintended. <laughs> You're making me hungry. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, I would say a sweet potato, but if I had to be a little bit more glorious, it would be a carrot cake. Honestly, I have like two pounds of carrots, so. Oh my gosh, definitely. Maybe you just inspired me. Well, let's hope so, some, in some form or another. This was all so wonderful, and thank you so much for coming on. This has been the best conversation I've had in a long time. I just love exploring different avenues of life. Well, um, I just wanted to thank you again for having me, and I can't wait to see where it takes you. Thank you, Courtney, for an amazing conversation and inspiring me to get creative a bit more often. I think I could use a little de-stressing action. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, and I truly think that everyone can benefit from a little creativity in their lives. Hopefully this episode helps you bring that into your life. Furthermore, I think that our conversation about therapy is so needed because there should not be any stigma around therapy. It is so beneficial to us as humans to get those burdensome thoughts out of us so that they don't just keep brewing inside of us and we wind up in a bad mindset. If you'd like to connect with Courtney, and see her beautiful art and recipes, find her on Instagram at a page of positivity linked below. And as always, if you like the show, please leave a rate, review, or even subscribe. It's the best way for more people to find the podcast and lets me know what I'm doing right or wrong. Until next time, you can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life and tune in next Thursday for a riveting conversation with the Banana Diaries.